East Anglia, when you travel across it, strikes you in a couple of ways. The first things you notice are how flat it is. The second, how empty. These combine to make the sky seem larger and clearer than a person may be used to. The moon looks bigger, and the stars a lot brighter on a cloudless night on the broads and fens. It was these empty spaces, and that curious, still flatness, that made East Anglia the site of more RAF bases than anywhere else in the country during the Second World War. The men and women who maintained these bases, who flew the planes, who kept the bombers and fighter planes running, came from all over the world to fight the Nazi threat in the skies over Europe. However, it seems that when the war was over, there was another threat to these remote bases, and one that was a little more supernatural. My name is Richard Shepard, and this is Hallowed Histories. During the war, the airfields of East Anglia saw almost constant action. Bombers took off from nightly raids to Berlin, Munich and Dresden. Other airfields houses Spitfire and Hurricane fighter planes that would escort the bombers and engage the German Air Force, the Luftwaffe, in the dogfights that have become iconic, like modern-day jousting. Some airfields were empty, lit up at night as decoys to draw the retaliatory enemy bombings, and their empty hangars and brightly lit but utterly empty barracks and offices must have been eerie places. RAF Alconbury in Cambridgeshire was not one of these empty ghost airfields, but it has acquired a reputation as a place where strange things have happened. It's near Huntingdon, a place that acquired infamy a few years ago as a locus for animal experimentation. But before that, it was a different animal that was causing consternation among the staff of RAF Alconbury. You see, more than one person there claimed that RAF Alconbury was home to a werewolf. Alconbury was an American Air Force base during the war, controlled by the USAAF 8F Air Force. Back then it was one hangar and a few huts for the enlisted men to bunk in. Not much to look at, but I guess that was the point. A big airfield had made a nice target for the Luftwaffe, and Alconbury kept things small and discreet. As the war picked up, though, the airbase grew, and by the time the war ended, it was one of the largest and most used airbases in the region. After the Second World War, the site was placed back under the control of the RAF. But when the Cold War began to threaten world security in the 1950s, the Americans once again took control of Alconbury. And that's where it stood until the 1990s. The place was home to fighter jets like the Tornado and the Phantom, as well as heavy-duty warplanes like the Thunderbolt. To host the men who maintained these machines, Alconbury developed and added shops, a gym, and even a cinema called the Spartan to the airbase. Less fun, but more a sign of the times, the buildings were reinforced in the hope of withstanding the nuclear blasts that haunted the imagination of the Cold Warriors. It's kind of an eerie place now. Parts of the base are still in use and maintained, but most have become derelict and forgotten. The social areas, the cinema, and the barracks are like a ghost town. Back to the werewolf, though. In the 1970s, there were eyewitness accounts of a strange creature stalking RAF Alconbury, and although stories varied little in terms of detail, all agreed on a few things. A large, hairy creature walking like a man, but acting like an animal. 
1972, a man performing routine tests on R4SC, fighter plane in a remote hangar, and in Alconbury pretty much everything was remote from everything else, failed to report back to duty. The repairs were routine, and the mechanic should have been back at his post within the hour. When a few hours had passed and the missing man could not be reached by radio, a search party was sent out. They found the man in the hangar where he had been sent, but instead of working on the engines, the mechanic was found in the cockpit, where he had evidently shut himself in to escape from... something. This must have been something truly horrific, for the man had apparently died of sheer fright. Other reports say that the cockpit itself was marked on the outside with long claw marks, but whether there's a later embellishment that was deemed too juicy not to add, I cannot say. An enlisted man named Wesley Updegrove certainly seems to think that Alconbury is something a little mysterious going for it. He was stationed there in the 70s, and once during a, a lonely watch detail, he reported hearing the sounds of children crying nearby. I say nearby, but no matter how hard he looked, Wesley Updegrove couldn't find any children out there about that late. He wandered through the rest of his lonely night shift amongst the empty hangars and old concrete bunkers, and tried to dismiss what he had heard as just his imagination. However, being an inquisitive sort, Updegrove did some research, and found that his night watch route went over what had once been the small railway branch line, where, in 1876, several children had been killed. A hundred years later, Updegrove believed, he heard them crying out again. Wesley Updegrove seemed to be a bit of a magnet for weird happenings at Alconbury, so it was no surprise, perhaps, that it would cross paths with the werewolf eventually. In 1970, while guarding a secure weapon storage area, he saw the werewolf in person, as it were. He described a five-foot-tall humanoid figure, naked, 200 pounds and muscular. Oddly, Updegrove describes the beast as being only moderately hairy, but distinctly inhuman, with a flat, dog-like snout and long ears. Despite carrying his regulation sidearm, at 38, Updegrove didn't try to apprehend the creature, who didn't appear to be a threat. Instead, he let it run off, across a field and over the fences into the thick forest that border the north of RAF Alconbury. He even glimpsed the werewolf again, a few weeks later stalking through the very woods where it disappeared to the last time. In the 1980s, after the Falklands War and the collapse of the Berlin Wall, Alconbury began another slow decline, with airfields being shut down and regiments being disbanded or stationed elsewhere. The day of the bomber planes were over, and the fighter planes that took over needed less crew to maintain them. With less people, there were less sightings of what had become known as the Hard Stand Monster. True, the woods to the north of the base were still avoided, and the rumours lingered on. But whatever creature had made the base part of its territory in the 1970s was gone. Of course, it's easy to say that the beast had never been there at all. The men who claimed to have seen it were, on the whole, young, impressionable kids who were away from home for the first time. Ghost stories, or werewolf stories in this case, are great ways of bonding together disparate groups of people. Asking these people to fight a Cold War, in which the enemy was a nebulous, vague concept rather than a standing army, must have been hard for some airmen. They couldn't get their heads around it, so why not drag up a real monster to be afraid of then? something they all knew via Lon Chaney and Universal Pictures. 
something exciting and dangerous and present. I mean, we only looked at a few sightings of the Alcanby Werewolf in this episode, but there are many more, some involving gunfights and car chases. More than enough action for young men to have while stationed in a foreign country, thousands of miles away from home, under a full East Anglian moon. As for Wesley Updegrove, he disappeared back to the States, and I could find no further trace of him. The only Wesley Updegrove I could find was in a newspaper story about a hit-and-run in Los Angeles a few years after the war. Nothing sinister there, I'm afraid. Just another L.A. tragedy about the out-of-town Updegrove family losing one of their number. The surviving family members took their deceased loved one back to Oklahoma to be buried, in the town where they lived for generations. The town simply called Lone Wolf. <laughs> <laughs>